I tell you what, let's rejoice in the Lord. The Bible said then to worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. They're going to pass you out some handouts. You should get two. You should, if you have the 52 Bible lesson deal, you should, you, you've already got this in there. But I had them printed out this morning special for this service. Um, it's lesson 38 and 39. We're going to be looking at lesson 38 this morning. We're going to be looking at lesson 39 tonight. Both of them are on the subject of the world and its relationship to the church and, and, uh, and to the work of the Lord and as opposed to the church. So that'll be uh, this morning and tonight. The reason I have both of them being handed out to you is because some people will not be able to make it back tonight. And at least you could watch online and still have a copy of the outline. If you're listening online and uh, want some of these, you need to call the, the church at 417 417- uh, 746-4765 and order one of these 52 Bible outline booklets. That's what's in there and they'll send that to you. There's no charge for it. Just call and we will send it to you. What I'm going to preach to you today is one of the most important subjects I know of in the Bible outside of salvation. Paul in 2 Timothy knows that his time is about up. I don't know if you know the history concerned of this, but uh, <clears throat> they're going to be, they'll keep coming right on up through there. Uh, probably need to take one for every two people because I think there's only 200 copies made, but we'll do the best that we can. I don't know if you know the history about Paul, the Apostle Paul, but in 2 Timothy chapter 4, but he's in prison in Rome. He's living during the time of the Nero persecutions. Nero was a drunken maniac, satanically inspired, power-hungry idiot. It is believed that he set fire to Rome in some of the poor sections of the city and burned a lot of it down because he wanted to build some public work projects where the poor were living. It would be like in a slum area of some big city. He came up with the idea to burn it down, but he also had a double-edged sword in it. He hated Christianity and he blamed the Christians for the burning of it in order to inspire persecutions of those Christian people, all right? When this started, before this happened, Paul literally had an expectation to be released from prison. After this, he realized that the game was up and that his time on earth was short, and he even says so. Now, I want you to keep this in mind, that he he was under what you and I might call a house arrest. He was able to have his own personal physician whose name was Luke. And in fact, that doctor was the only man with Paul when the show was over, according to scripture. But there were other people that were ministering with Paul through his prison ministry. Paul, how many members Brother Prim? Anybody in this church remember Brother Prim from Burma? He was put in, I don't know how many different prisons in his ministry, but it was the men that he led... And he, would, he would, literally was in several prisons in that nation over the years. It was the men that he led to Christ while he was in prison that started the great revival in that country. And when he got out of prison, he found out that there were like, I don't know how many dozens of churches had been started by men who had been saved there in the jail. And this is really kind of what it was Paul pattern ministry. And Paul is, is he even led people to, in, from Caesar's household. To Christ. And he was having an unbelievable effect. Now tonight I'm going to talk about some history of revival. Now listen to me. God is preparing this church 
for a work of getting the gospel to people across the United States and the world. You say, I don't believe that. I'm sorry. According to your faith, so be it. But God, and, and that doesn't mean we're no big nobody. It just means that God wants to use this little church down here nowhere to do that. But in order for God to do that, there are some things that has to happen to the people in a local church for that to happen. And I want to preach on that this morning. And let's begin reading at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 1. I'm going to read through the entire chapter. I want you to get the heartbeat of Paul as he's going here. He said, I charge thee, he's talking to Timothy, therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. We are there. Verse number four, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. We're there. Mormonism is a fable. Catholicism is a fable. And don't excuse me of bashing anybody. I'm just telling you the truth. It is a fable that Mary can intercede for you. Purgatory is a fable. It is a fable that the priest can absolve you of your sin. The whole thing's a fable. Their Jesus is another Jesus. He's not the same Jesus of the Bible. And he said that this time is going to come and we're seeing it. And by the way, in, in what we might call Protestant, Bible-believing, or whatever you want to call it, general idea churches, they're getting another Jesus has saturated the church movement in America. It's not the Jesus of the Bible. Verse number five, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I'm now ready to be offered. He says, I'm getting ready to die. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. If you're going to be in the Christian ministry, it's a fight, spiritual warfare, day and night. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Now he stops and kind of changes, shifts gear here with Timothy. He says to Timothy, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas, and this is what I want to preach on. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me in the ministry, for the ministry. And Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. It's coming winter. And the books, but especially the parchment, that's the scriptures. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Can I tell you something? When you're getting ready to die, you're going to think about life and you're going to think about people and how the, what kind of people they were that you were associated with and around in your life. He said in verse 15, of whom be thou were also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Paul didn't like it because this guy fought the preaching of the gospel and fought the work of the Lord. Now, we said at verse number 16, at my first answer, no man stood with me. You want to get into ministry? Get ready for that. God will put you through that. All, all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. There it is. His love for them, his compassion his forgiveness, even though they forsook him, so forth. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. Now here's that great secret. All men, no man stood with him, but he said, the Lord stood with me. And that's what you want. 
and strengthen me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And he said, salute Prisca and Aquila and the household of Anisiphorus, Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Eubulus greeteth thee and Putins and Linus and Claudia and all the brethren of the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. I want you to go back to verse number 10. Demas hath forsaken me. And then he tells you why he forsook him. He forsook him because there was something wrong inside him. He was a professing and a serving and a ministering Christian or claimed to be Christian. But he loved the world. What troubles me more than any one issue in the churches today is that we are professing to love the Lord but it's evident we love the world. And he said the reason he forsook me, the reason he departed was he loved the world. And I want to ask you a blunt question right now. I want you to ask yourself while I'm preaching, is it true that I love the world more than I love the Lord? Now I want you to put up on the board, fellas, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. I want you to keep in mind, what was the charge against Demas? He loved the world. He loved this present world. Everybody with me? Amen. Say amen. Amen. What was the charge against him, Paul said? Why did he leave him at his greatest need of his life? At the greatest time Paul ever needed anybody, this guy bailed out. And Paul tells you why he bailed out. And why was it? He loved this present world. And I want you to watch 1 John chapter 2. Love not the world. Demas' problem was the reason he bailed out at the very worst time you could have bailed out on a guy, bailed out on his faith, bailed out of being associated with God's people and God's work. He loved this world. John said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Watch this here. If any man loved the world, that's what Demas did, right? The love of the Father is not in him. Demas' real problem was that the love of the Father was not in him. I want to ask you, what do you really enjoy? What turns you on? What excites you? What thrills you? What are you living for? Who are you living for? Look at it. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, And the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now, you have in one text here in 1 Timothy chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. That's why he left. That's why he bailed out. That's why he quit. You come here and says, if any man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I do not go along with preachers who believe that Demas was saved. He was never saved. Tells you flat out. He was a fako. Now I'm going to tell you what Demas is problem with. Demas is mentioned two other times in the Bible. In the book of Colossians and the book of Philemon. And you know what it says? It calls him a fellow laborer. He got involved. Now let me tell you why Demas got involved. Demas was a sensationalist. He liked to be where the action was going on, exciting, and where attention was at. 
Paul was turning the world upside down by preaching. And he did. He preached all around that Mediterranean, all those countries up there, went city after city. That's what we're going to try to do. We're going to city after city and we're going to put that tent up and we're going to preach and we're going to visit the houses and we'll do something worthwhile. And Paul had been doing that, okay? Demons, and it got exciting. Oh, it's a Billy Graham crusade. I want to be in on this. He saw the adulation. He saw the attention. He saw man alive. Everybody at the market, everybody at the government place are talking about the apostle Paul. He's turning the world upside down, preaching the gospel. People were getting saved. They were leaving paganism, embracing Jesus Christ. That one risen from the dead. Demas, man, I'm going to get in on this. Bless God, amen. This is exciting. This is where to be at, man. And he even goes so far as he went down to prison with Paul. But then the fire happened. And then the Christians got blamed for the, for the fire. And Nero sent in persecution. And they started feeding Christians to the lions. Bread and circuses. If you know your history about Rome, you know what I'm talking about. They started feeding Christians to them. They started beheading Christians. They started, they started burning them at the stake. And all of a sudden, one night, I believe Demas just wakes up and says, if I hang around here, this ain't going to be good. If I hang around here, but, and I think something else happened to him. It's not new. When God took the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he saved them from slavery and bondage. And it's the biggest picture of salvation in the Bible as far as historical context. He redeemed them by blood in Egypt, right? The blood was put on the, on the doorpost, the Passover lamb, who is Jesus Christ. And then God did something real strange. He took them out of there. Now, I'm going to tell you something about Christianity, Bible Christianity, not this modern day junk. When God saves a man, he takes him out of the world. He may have a hard time taking the world out of you, but he'll take you out of the world. God, will, God takes you out of the world instantly when he saves you, but it may take years for God to take the world out of you. Now, they got up there, crossed, they crossed the Red Sea, got up there in the wilderness, and what, you know what those guys started doing? He might tell me. Oh, I sure wish I could go back and eat the onions and garlic and the leeks and all the stuff we used to have in Egypt. Moses, I want to go back to Egypt. I'm tired of this suffering and this being without everything. And they wanted to do something that Christian people, professing people want to do. They want to go back to Egypt, want to go back to the world. Egypt is a picture of the world in the Bible. And Demas said this, if I'm going to get persecuted and it's going to cause me not to be accepted and liked and might cost me my life or might cost me my friends, I'm out of here. I'm done. Nobody wants to go to church. Listen to me. Did you know in the book of Acts when they began to preach and I mean God used them, do you know what the Bible said? No man durst join them unto him. They wasn't, nobody wanted to join church. You know why? Because you could get killed. Do you know what's wrong with America? We only want to go to church where we think it's safe. We don't want to go to church where we're ostracized or accused of being a fanatic or really believe in the Bible or whether any biblical standards where people, you know, think maybe we ought to obey the Bible if we're saved. We want to go to church where it's just real handy. We go right back out in the world and live like the world, dress like the world, live like the world, talk like the world, be the world, and, no, and we're just untroubled. I'm going to tell you something. I hate to say this with all my heart. I believe people are going to slide into hell by the millions of that garbage. The Bible teaches clearly that if a man, if, if any man loved the world, the love of the Father's name. I want to ask you a question. Do you love the world? Yes. 
The Bible makes a clear distinction between the world and the church. We are called pilgrims and strangers in this world. They used to sing an old song. You never hear it much anymore. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. We don't sing that song no long. We're comfortable in the world. The Bible distinguishes between this present world and a world to come. The saved, as I said, God takes us out of the world. Sanctified, God takes the world out of you. Demas initially was all in. He's all excited. He was all involved in the situation until the pressure got on, until it cost him friends. It may have cost his life. It's vital for everyone that claims Christ to understand the doctrine of the world as opposed to the church. Your identity is not in attending some church. Your identity with Christ is not in attending some place. It's not in going through the motion of some service. But it is, are you with Christ or in Christ or are you in the world? Now let me say something to you today. You've made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And if I were to ask you to raise your hand, if you're saved, you'd raise your hand. But I want to ask you, tell you this. God in heaven will orchestrate your trial of faith. He will orchestrate it. He said the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. Why? Because he's going to prove to you who you are and who you're not. And that's what happened with Demas. The pressure came, the persecution came, and he found out who he wasn't. I want to know who are you today and who are you not. Now we're going to go to these, uh, let's go, we're going to take off and go to, and guys put up Matthew chapter 4, verse number 8 and 9 if you will first. And so we're going to go to this uh, uh, lesson that you have. Definition by world in this lesson, we do not mean the earth, although that is one of the descriptions, but it's lost mankind as a whole. The great world system into which the world is organized into. Now, he's going to put this up here in just a second, but I want you to think about this. The world system, if you want to write some things, it's the way the world lives. It's the way the world thinks. It's the possessions of the world, the pleasures of the world, the positions of the world, the fashions of the world, the fads of the world, the education system of the world, the music of the world. The media of the world, the modus operandi, the way we operate, the way we do things, the philosophies of the world, the wisdom of the world, the media, as I said earlier. Now, I'm going to show you something amazing. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus Christ had just got through fasting four days and 40 days and 40 nights. Hadn't had anything to eat or drink in 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible said the devil, take, now you remember something, Jesus Christ was the incarnate God. He's fully God and fully man. 100% God, 100% man. But he is man. He got tired. He got thirsty. He got hungry. He was a man. But he was God, man. Now, when he got done with that, Satan took him someplace. He took him up into an exceeding high mountain. Watch this now. And showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, watch this. All these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. We're talking about giving this morning. We're talking about money, finances, some uh, economic issues in Bible class. Let me tell you what I believe with all my heart, that I know some people who sold their souls to the devil for money. The old timers used to preach this, that you could sell your soul out. I want to tell you something. If the devil will try it with Jesus, do you not think he'll try it with you? If you'll just fall down and worship him. And by the way, what does that mean? That means that you receive and embrace the world as your God, the the world instead of God. No man can serve two masters. He'll love the one or hate the other, hate the one and love the other. 
And so if I'm going to tell you this, if the devil, Jesus up and showed it and said, I'll give you all this if you'll just fall down and worship. Somebody said, well, it wasn't his to give. No, not in the sense of the sovereignty and the arch, overarching rule of Almighty God. But let me just tell you a little something. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, dominion was given to the devil over this earth until Christ comes back. Why is Christ coming back? Not just to get us. The Bible teaches he's going to redeem all creation. And he will rule and reign with the rod of iron for a thousand years. And then there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Christ is coming back to reclaim all that Satan stole through the fall. And so it's serious business and the devil knows it. He's asking you the same thing. I'll give you this if you'll just turn away from the Lord. If you'll just reject the Bible and reject the walking with God and reject the ways of God and reject obey. If you'll just disobey the Bible... I'll let you have that. You say, you know, you don't hear these prosperity preachers preaching on this much, that the devil will bless you financially if you'll serve him. You don't like that kind of preaching. I don't bring the offerings in. Amen. All right. Number one, the world and Satan. We're going to look at it and we're going to look at here first passage. Satan is the ruler of this world. We'll be looking at John 14, 30 and John 16, 11. Hereafter, I will not talk much, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. God, the Lord Jesus Christ, even calls Satan the prince of this world. John chapter 16 and verse number 11. We're going to move fast. A judgment because the prince of this world is judged. All right. Satan is the ruler of this world. You want to know principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. You know who's running the show? The devil. You want to know what's wrong in Washington, D.C.? The devil is running the show. He's the prince of this world. You want to know why most of the earth is in bondage and not in freedom and starving and don't have anything and in disease and death? Because of the devil. He's the ruler of this world. He's not only that. Number two, Satan as his God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4. In whom the God, little g, of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Let me just tell you something. If you're listening to me this morning here and you're in this building or online and you're not saved, let me tell you why. But the devil will blind your eyes. Blind, make you think you're good enough or you'll make it somehow another or make you look at hypocrites. He's got a thousand lies to tell you to keep you from repenting of your sin and be Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, humbling yourself and coming to the cross and not just making a shallow profession, but giving your heart to God from the inside. Satan's the God. Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. The Bible teaches us here that in the tribulation period, he will surface as the God of this world. I stood upon the sand sea, saw a beast rise up out of the sea, seven horns, seven eight. You're going to go down through there and look at the last part of verse number two. And the dragon gave him his power and seed and great authority. And by the way, you know how much authority he's going to have over this world during the tribulation period? If you don't take the mark of the beast, you will not live. You, you won't be able to buy. You won't be able to sell. That's how much the God, Satan, the God of this world, will be in control of this thing before it's all over with. It is controlled by Satan. Look there at verse, 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. And then we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Let me just tell you something you need to get in your heart and your head. You don't live in heaven yet. You don't live, you don't, you're not. Somebody said, well, if Jesus is reigning, he's not doing a very good job. He's not reigning on this earth right now. He's reigning in hearts, but not on the earth. You want to blame somebody? Blame. Isn't it funny people cuss God and don't cuss the devil? That shows you where man's at in his heart. 
So you have the world and Satan. He's its ruler. He's the world's God. He's the, he's the one that controls it. Number two, the world. I'll tell you something I believe. I'm going to say something to make you mad. I believe the devil stole the presidential election in the last election. I believe a bunch of crooked, low-down, sorry people in the middle of the night done their deal to get all those inner cities enough vote to swing the election. If you don't think I'm telling the truth, go back and listen to James Carville, who is a Democrat operator, tell everybody, tell the Democrat Party two months before the election, he said, in the evening, it's going to look like Trump has won, but hang on to your seats because before morning, Biden will win. James Carville, you check out what I tell you. They had that thing in plan. They said, I don't care how many votes it takes. We're going to overcome him in these interests. They study these things out, the statistics, the numbers they need. They know what's going on. But I'll tell you who's behind all that garbage is the devil himself. Number two, the world and God. It does not know God. First Corinthians 1 21. After the, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. Is that not true or not? Go to MU, go to SMS, go to all your educational centers. They don't know God and don't want to know God. Amen. Bible's got it right, amen. John 17, 25. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee that, known that thou hast sent me. The world does not know God. And I'll tell you right now, if they want, you go into a university or college in America now, and you want to have some kind of religious study, they'll tell you about Islam and Hindus and everybody else, but they'll never tell you the truth about Jesus Christ. Does not believe God. Romans chapter 11, verse number 30. The world doesn't know God and it does not believe God. Verse, for as in times past, you have not believed God. Yet now have obtained mercy through their unbelief. This world does not believe God. I'll tell you right now, I'll give you evidence of that. I'll tell you what you do. It's getting ready to start, start up school. I dare you to find a public school in this country that'll open up and say, now bless God, this year's going to be different. Jesus Christ is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and we're going to worship him here. We're going to pray to him first. We're going to read the Bible, and then we're going to teach creation and evolution is out. I want to tell you who's running things, the devil. Amen. Tell you who's running it, the devil. Amen. They do not believe God, Amen. and they don't want anybody else to believe God. Quit fooling yourself. You are of the world or you are of the church. You're of, of the devil or you're of the Lord. You better wake up. You better wake up. You better wake up this morning at this message. I'm preaching as if I never preach again and I may not. But I'll tell you one thing. I'll not stand before God and say, Lord, I know he told me to do that, but I wouldn't do it. I'm afraid he wouldn't like me. It hates God. Look at Romans chapter one, verse 30. Backbiters, haters of God. I'm talking about they hate God in this country. They hate the God of this Bible. Amen. The word, you better get this down. Whose side are you on? Amen. Whose side are you on? The world system hates God. Amen. Why would you want to mess with them for? He said they hate God. Look at the next thing. First John 2, 16, it opposes God. For all that is in the world, the lust of flesh, the lust of the world, the pride of life, and not the Father, but the world. Here's the big problem. Everybody in church in America now wants one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Right. Now, I'll tell you something. Them's two different horses riding two different directions. You're going to get busted wide open doing that junk. James chapter 4, verse number 4. Look at this great verse. You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not the friendship of the world's enmity with God? Watch this. Whosoever, anybody, therefore, will be a friend of the world, the enemy of God. You got some decision to make. You got some decision to make. Are you a friend of the world? I tell you, that'd be like a, a you know what? This, you know what it's like? I read this. It's good. A lot of people are trying to be in the bride of Christ and be, have Satan as a girlfriend. And be the girlfriend of Satan. Let me get that right. A lot of people are trying to claim to be in the bride of Christ, but they got the devil for, as the boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. 
You don't tell you how it is in the eyes of God. You better get this. This is your Bible thick. It'd be like me saying, honey, I won't be back tomorrow night. I'm going over to my girlfriend's house. How's that flying? You telling God, I'm going over to the world for a while. See you later. You, you know better, but you just shove it off. You know better. You know in your spirit it's not right, but you fight it. You know why? Because you love the world. You love the world. The world and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's go to, well, we went to 1 John 2 a while ago. Let's look at number three, the world and the Lord Jesus Christ. John 1.10. It did not know Christ. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. They still don't. It did not believe Christ. John 8.45. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. I tell you, I, I get such a kick. I'm so glad to get all these guys on Facebook now. Man, they hate my guts. They hate my, the ground I walk on. Guy last night, ha, 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 he rose from the dead. Yeah, he did. You know why they don't like that? Because they know if he rose, he's the judge. It hated Christ, John 7, 7. Look at this. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works there are evil. I'm going to tell you right now, if you preach or stand, I don't care where you're husband, wife, child, I don't care where you're at, I don't care where you're at, you take a stand for truth, this world will hate your guts. Amen. I had another guy threaten to kill me last week. So I'm going to destroy you. Why? You get on there and talk about, oh, we should have another pride parade, and they'll all applaud you and say it's great. You're going to preach against sodomy, and they'll want to kill you. I want to tell you, mm, you kid something. You're going to play around your little tolerance game and they'll be the one to kill you if you don't deny your faith in 20 years. You listen to me? They're not going to tolerate your Christianity. They didn't tolerate Paul. The world will not tolerate it. That's what's going on in this country. The world is trying to destroy Christianity from the face of this nation because it will not tolerate truth and righteousness. I want to ask you, how much tolerance did the Sodomites in, in, in Sodom and Gomorrah have? None. We'll do worse to you. And we're, I just got to get this. I'm telling you what. You piddle politically or spiritually with any of this bunch that believes teaching kids that they can be transgenders or having a drag queen show anywhere. You're as guilty as hell yourself. You're as guilty as hell yourself if you go along with any of that. Do you not understand that the whole crowd is grooming our children to be molested. That's the whole game. That's all that's going on. They're grooming a generation of young people to accept perversion. You know why? Because they don't reproduce. They have to recruit. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Any church, any school, any city hall, any library that has drag queens in, they ought to be shut down. That's a wicked. I want to tell you to your face, you're a wicked. I don't care if you're a librarian. I don't care if you're a teacher. I don't care if you're a preacher. You're a sorry, low-down, hell-deserving, pitiful thing to create a culture that would prey upon these children. Just this week in the Mormon church out in in, uh, Arizona, a father has been molesting his own daughter. Yeah. 
filming himself with her, sending it to these dark internet sites to sell it to other perverts. It was, it was spotted by some authorities in New Zealand. They tracked it by identity back to Massachusetts, finally out to a little town called Bisbee, Arizona. Selling his own daughter. He's, by the way, he is big shot in his local Mormon church. I'm telling you, we're in trouble. And that daughter now is suing, suing the church of Latter-day Saints. Latter-day Saints has got a battery. You Mormons better listen to me. You're as fooled. I'll tell you, there ain't nobody more jack fooled than you are. Follow some pervert who had 20-some different wives. You're crazier than a bed bug. Wake up. Claimed he saw golden tablets up on a hillside somewhere. Wrote a book. You're not supposed to. Wrote a book and added to the word of God. What in the world's wrong with you? Wake up. They got a whole battery of lawyers out in Utah to fighting all kinds of cases across America with this junk. Incest. I want to tell you right now, you ever touch your daughter inappropriately? As far as I'm concerned, I knock your teeth down your throat. Don't let me get near you. You make me sick. You're a pervert. You hear me? You're a pervert. You ought to repent of God. You say, well, don't you love me? When you, I, yeah, I love you enough to tell you the truth. And you repent, I'll sure receive you. But until I see the fruits of repentance, amen, amen. this world is wicked. Amen. Quit flirting with her. Amen. It did not know Christ. It did not believe Christ. It hated Christ. I want you to go to John 15, 23. He that hateth me hateth my father also. Go to 1 John 3.13, guys. 1 John 3.13. I don't care how bad the devil likes this mess. I don't care. 1 John 3.13. I'm sorry. 1 John 3.13. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. You know what the world's telling you every day of your life? You, you know what they're telling you? You line up and walk with us and do, right, do like we tell you, or we won't accept you. And you tell us we're wrong, we'll hate you. I want to tell you something right now. Let's get this straight. I don't hate anybody. I don't know anybody I hate. I don't like a lot of junk, and I hate a lot of stuff people are doing, but I don't hate nobody. In fact, if it is, you say, well, I don't like you preaching against Mormonism and Catholicism and all this. Well, i tell you what you do. Then you try to win them to Christ. Let's just try, try your way. Yeah, your way, say nothing. Let them go to hell. That's what your way is. You're the one don't love them. It says, marvel not if the world hates you. Go to 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Write these references down. You say, Reggie, what's this message about? I'm trying to get Christian people to understand the world is not our friend. And we're not to love the world and to be a part of the world. You are God, little children, have overcome them because greater is he that's in the world. Verse number 5. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We got nothing in common with the world. The world rejected Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53, verses 2 through 4. Isaiah 53, verses 2 through 4. They rejected him. He shall grow up as him as a tender plant and is rooted out of dry ground, hath no form of comeliness. And when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as we were face from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. And boy, there's so much there I like. But I'm telling you, they rejected Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 8, it says they crucified Christ, which none of the princes of this world. Knew, for had they known it, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. Number four, the world and the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. Now get a hold of this. 
John 14, 17. Even the spirit of truth in the world cannot receive. You got that? The world does not know the Holy Spirit. It knows, a, it knows a foul spirit. It knows a fake spirit, but it does not know the Holy Spirit. Acts 7, 51, the world opposes the spirit. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do you. Now you say, Reggie, what do you mean resist the Holy Spirit? First of all, God wants to save you, reject the Holy Spirit's dealing with you. But if you profess to, uh, to love Jesus Christ, you say you're saved. But the Holy, did you know this is a Holy Spirit book? His words are spirit. This is inspired by the Holy Ghost. And it tells you, it teaches you something right, and you just buck up and reject against it. Tell me how you're any different than that right there. If I, if, if, if I just buck up and say, oh God, I don't care what the Bible says about that I ain't doing. What's my attitude? How am I any different than that? Here's what my problem is. We have welded the world with the church till we can't tell the stupid difference anymore. We can't, t- we think it's just normal yeah. and it's not. Amen. And we're going to wake up in eternity and find out that we have been self-deceived by welding and immaculating them together until they're all one. I'm going to ask you a little simple, stupid question. Now, listen, some of you did not grow up when I did. And I realize that. But whenever I was a teenager growing up, they started having these rock concerts. Okay. And it started off with Elvis Presley and then the Beatles and, and, and just, you know, from, from hundreds to thousands of young people go to rock concerts. You go to rock concert. I've been to two or three of them. I'm not proud of it, but I've been to some. You go in there, and I'm telling you what, they stage up there, lights off out here. The only light there was out there was smoking dope cigarettes, marijuana. And they start playing their rock music, and everybody, I'm telling you what, it, it was so bad, probably still this day, I don't know, not interested, but girls would literally shed their clothes in front of the stage. I mean, it's just craziness, craziness, satanic craziness. If I were to take you back, I went to the Shrine Mosque and watched the Eagles in person. If I were to take you back to that concert and you went into the average contemporary church today, you would not know any difference. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. All of these boom, boom, boom and the lights out and you got your women up there, your women worship leaders, and they got their little jeans they bought, probably give twice what they're worth towards God. I mean, why would you buy britches with holes in them already? I don't understand this. And they're up there just tight as they can be, showing their rear end, showing their crotch. Yeah, come on. And they got that mic like Elvis in their mouth, and they're up there woo-hoo doing. When I see that, it don't take split second. I know that is not a God. Number one, she's a woman. Number two, you show me in the Bible where there's an office in the church called a worship leader. Show me. Ain't in there. Amen. But you got a bunch of fleshly, worldly lust-seducing women leading worship services all over this country with a rock and roll band. So I'm going to ask you a question. Where did that come from? Yeah. It is of the world. Nowhere in the history of the Christian church was such a stuff thing done. The world literally has come in and taken over the church, and they love it. It makes them feel so good to be worldly and religious at the same sweet time. Man, this is great. I can dress like, look like, act like the world and love my Jesus. 
The only problem is the Jesus they love is not the Jesus of the Bible. And Paul warned them about another spirit, another Jesus, and another gospel. The world and the Holy Spirit, they don't know him. The world is convicted by the Spirit in John 16, verses 7. Let's go down to number 5. The world and the Christian. 1 John 3, 1. Pay attention. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world, watch this, knoweth us not, because it knew him not. You live for God, notice that, like, who are you? What's wrong with you? Paul was called a pestilent fellow. Peculiar people. Let's get down to where it's at. Amen. Don't get me wrong. I know good and well. I, I, I didn't come in on the last load of watermelons, last load of pumpkins, the last box of Cheerios. I know you dressing modestly does not save your soul. Right? The blood of Jesus is what saves you. But the Bible does say, as Danny preached last week, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Why is it that people who profess Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you something real good. Cross-dressing did not start in the last 10, 15 years. Cross-dressing has been going on since the 1930s and 40s. And hear how women were cross-dressing as men. The word breeches, B-R-E-E-C-H-E-S, is mentioned, I believe, either four or five times in the Bible. And it was always about the men who were the priests in Israel. They were to wear breeches. I will challenge you to go to your 1828 Webster's Dictionary, which still had your biblical definitions of words. How many noticed that the Democrat Party is even changing the word recession, the definition of recession? they, They change the definition of everything. If it's not working, they change the definition. In the 1828 Webster Dictionary, did you know what it says? That if women wore the breeches, it was a sign of usurping the husband's authority. That'll make people flood through the doors. That'll make them just, we won't have room to park them out in the ball field. How many know, guess this, get this here. I like to fell over. How many knows what, it's not, see, I grew up hillbilly, it's britches. But the real word is britches, B-R-E-E-C-H-E-S. I called it britches. I thought it was B-R, I was looking in the concordance for britches. I couldn't find it. I said, I know it's in there. I wasn't spelling it right. <laughs> and I looked up, britches, you know what it said? Men, men, get this. A garment designed to cover the hips and the thighs and the privates. Yeah. And you know what the Bible teaches about them priests? God was, so, God was so adamant about this that he said, when those men walk up that ramp to that altar of sacrifice and they lift their leg, I don't want their flesh seen. Their nakedness seen. You listening to me? I want to ask you a question. In all honesty, just be honest with yourself. I'm not here. I love you, but I'm concerned. Who are you dressing for? Your mom and dad? The world? Who are you dressing for? 
You can say, well, I ain't got nothing to do with salvation, but we just love Jesus and tell people about Jesus around here. That's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. Bridget, I, I, see, I've lived long enough. I remember back when I, I'd, I'd hear a man say, well, you know, who wears the britches of that house? By the way, this about blew me away, Brother, brother Terry. Getting back to the word britches, it comes off the word that we get our word drawer from, which means to put in and hide. Did you ever hear the word pull up your drawers? You know where that come from? It come from our forefathers. Pull up your drawers. Hide your privates. Good preaching. I know it's good preaching. You don't have to say amen. I know it's good preaching. It's the truth. Amen. And by the way, the truth will set you free. I want to ask you another question. Let's just get down to it. What kind of music turns you on? What kind of music really turns you on? I mean, I don't even know who the country western stars now, so I have to say Willie. <laughs> Is he dead? I don't even know. Does he look it? I ain't seen him with Willie in a while. I quit Willie when he got saved. And, and Waylon. I want to ask you something. What really turns you on music? What do you really in your heart like to listen to? What really, I mean, just... Is it the music of the Lord or is it music of the world? Let me tell you what's going to happen to you. You're going to be just like demons one of these days. And it may be after I'm dead and gone, Brother Don. But God's going to put the pressure on you and you're going to be like demons. You'll depart. And you know why? Because down in your heart, you love the world. You never did love God. You just long for the ride because your folks brought you to church and they told you that's the thing to do. And it never was down in here. God, the Christian faith is a faith of love. It's got one law. And from that springs all the others we shouldn't even have to mess with. If I love Karen, I'll be faithful to her. Not some Friday night girlfriend. No man, Jesus said, can serve two masters. You're either going to serve him or you're going to serve this world. And I'm going to love you enough to tell you so. I'm telling myself so. But here's what bugs me, Brother Danny. Here's what really gets me. Now, I know old Danny. You don't, I don't know what you think about Danny, but I love him like him. Okay? But I know Danny knows something. Danny, when I got saved, I didn't have to have a preacher telling me a whole bunch of stuff. He listened to me. If nobody would ever got up and preached on any issues, the Holy Spirit of God was telling me what he approved of and what he disapproved of. And here's what I want to tell you this this morning, that if, if, if it ticks you off to be sitting in church and being preached on something that you should have already had if you're saved. And it bothers you for somebody to preach on issues of the world. You're proving to yourself you love the world. I'll watch again. Let's go back to our verse. If any man loved the world, what was the rest of it? The love of the Father is not in him. Your problem is the love of the Father is not in you. 
And I'm not trying to be smart. I'm not trying to be catty. I'm not trying to be mean. Nothing that this is Bible. And it scares me to death what I'm seeing out here. I'm going to tell you something. I love to see an old boy get saved and he's got everything maybe wrong in his life. But you know what the evidence of being, this is why John the Baptist said to them people, don't you come down here and tell me to be baptized. You show me the fruit of repentance. And when a person gets saved, their spirit and heart and attitude will be to leave the world and its ways and its philosophies and its beliefs and to follow Christ. That's just fact of it. A lot of people say they don't believe in separation. Well, you do when you get married or you ought to. And forsaking all others. Amen. Well, what, where are we at? Let's go down here. Number two, it hates us. John 15, 18, the world. You just well understand what the world thinks about you. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. <laughs> are you going to lose some buddies? You're going to lose some friends. You're going to lose some family members. John 15, 20, the world does not receive our testimony. I've given them that word. The world hated them because they're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Let's go to uh, uh, down there on reference on, on the last part of number five. We're in it, but not of the world. Just write, just write John chapter 17, where Jesus talks about where he prayed that they, they're in the world. But he said, I pray not that you take them out of the world, but that you, you know, uh, take care of them while they're in the world. Number six, the world's guilt. Of course, this world is evil. Ephesians 2, 1 and 3. I'd like for you to look at this. Ephesians 2, 1 and 3. And you have the quickened who were dead in trespass and sin. You got saved. Watch this. Wherein in time past, wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of what? This world. According to the prince of the power of the air. That tells you who's behind it. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Let's go to uh, Psalms 14, verses 2 and 3. About this world, every man to sin. We don't even know. The world stands guilty before God. The world's guilt. Turn your page over. The world's Savior. <clears throat> and I want to, you can study this when you get home. But the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Christ came to save the world. Christ died for the sins of the world. And he took away the sins of the world. The world's destiny is this. And I'm going to tell you, you better get off the ship. This ship's going down. This world's ship is going down. The world's deceived and it's doomed. Revelation 27 through 9. The world will be judged. Acts 17, 31. The world's going to pass away. 1 John chapter 2, verse 7. I want to ask you a few things. Number one, would there be evidence to support the fact that you're not in the world if you were to be judged today? Who do you emulate? Who do you imitate Whose acceptance and approval do you seek after? Whose music do you love? Whose dress standards do you follow? And who are you conforming to? I'd like for the pianist to come. Ben, I'd like for you to get a song together. I sure would appreciate your prayers because, boy, I tell you what, it's tough to preach messages like this. 
I'm up here trying to preach. You know what the devil's telling me? You're just mean, sour-spirited, hateful. Turn people. You're just going to turn people off of the Lord. You're going to make people mad. I don't know what to do about all that. And um, you see, I don't just care about you. I care about me. Susanna, that's your mama right there. I want to ask you a question. How hard would it be for you if you found out I went off with another woman? Rip your life up with it. I want you to look up into heaven. And I want you to think what it must do to the heart of God. We claim to be the bride of Christ, but we go whoring after the world. That's what the Bible called it in the Old Testament. They went a whoring after the gods of Egypt. I'll tell you, I won't be honest with you this morning. I don't, I don't want to jack maybe around here and play, play super spiritual because I'm not. I doubt if it's, it's been 20 years since I've been through such spiritual warfare I've been going through late recently. My flesh and every fiber within me just wants to, it's just like my flesh just wants to just blow out and do what demons did. I ain't lying to you. I've told God a hundred times the last two months, if you don't keep me, I'll not be kept. But I believe he's going to keep me by his power. I'll tell you, it troubles me. I'm not, I don't want a bunch of fat, phony, baloney, put on Christianity here at this church. Amen. I don't want you coming in with your dress out the floor and acting like super spiritual. I'm not looking for that. I just all I want is for to have God give us a heart that just wants to obey you, do right, represent you. Not because somebody jumps on us if we don't, but because we love you. I'm not after you trying to put you in a Christian straight jacket. I want you to be free in Christ. But I don't want this world telling you how to live and dictating your life and putting you in bondage. And you living in constant worry about what they're going to think you look like they they say you look like and act like. All I want you to look up and say, Lord, I just want to please you. That's all I'm after. Boy, I tell you, I, I, I just couldn't help but think over and over again. We claim we're the bride of Christ, but we're messing around with the devil. This double stuff ain't working with God, I'm telling you. Our Father in heaven, I bow before you today, humble and just, Lord, battling because, Lord, I think about the battles that I have, and I think about these people. I think, Lord, if they go through the junk I go through, I sure feel sorry for them. I just hate it for them. And I'm praying for grace in our lives. And I can't see in the hearts. The thing that scares me, Lord, is people making a profession of faith when they were young. And, I, Lord, I don't, I'm not the judge and they come to church and they go through the motions and we see this stuff everywhere, God, and it just looks like, Lord, it's just a church that's absolutely in love with the world, a church that would rather obey the world than Christ any day of the week.
And Lord, there's something bad wrong with it. And I ask you right now in my heart, in my mind, in my life, Lord, that you would purge from me the things that are of the world. I know, Lord, that greed and lust and all these things are of the world. And Father, I tell you that a lot of times there's the stuff that people can't see more than there's the stuff they can see. But Lord, it does, it does reflect. And I pray, God, today that you'll just speak to the hearts of people here. And I, I'm done. I'm, I'm finished. I leave it, Lord, in the hands of the Holy Spirit. But I pray, Lord, make us a people that's separated unto you with glad and loving hearts for righteousness, holiness, and truth. And I'll thank you, Lord, for what you do. And I pray that you work in my heart and keep me from my own foolishness. I wonder today, dear ones, and I'm beginning to understand why the old preachers used to call their congregations beloved, because they loved them. And I don't know where you're at today, but the Holy Spirit of God does. And all I'm going to ask you is we're going to stand here in just a moment. And I'm telling you something right now. If the Holy Spirit of God is dealing with you, I'm begging you in Jesus' name, get out of that seat. Get to this altar and say, dear God in heaven, forgive me for my love of the world. Take it out of me, root and branch, and give me a love for the Lord and his word and his truth and his righteousness and his holiness. And God, do a work in my soul that I will not be a spiritual harlot. No, I will not flirt with the devil's crowd. Let's stand as pianist comes. You move now. Don't wait a second. It's all between you and the Lord now. Obey the Lord. That's all I ask you to do. Would you come? rather have Jesus than men's applause? Father, this morning we come before you. I want to thank you for the Bible. For without it, Lord, I'd be just drifting. And I look, Lord, across America and around the world, and I see just people, they don't even know what the Bible says. 
They don't hardly have any faint imagination of the holiness of God and the righteousness of God. They don't even, Lord, have a knowledge of their own sin. And Lord, they're not aware of the danger that they're in. And dear Lord, I think about Demas. And I wonder, Lord, how it happened. Did he slip off in the night while Paul was sleeping? Did Paul wake up and wonder where Demas was? Or Lord, did Paul see it in him long before it ever happened? Was Paul able to see the love of the world in that man and knew he wouldn't stay? Lord, you said that the seed fell on stony ground. And the seed fell among thorns and the thorns came up and Lord you talked about how that it came up and they anon with joy received it but then persecution came and trial came and it didn't turn out Lord you said so much in the Bible about the world warning us of it both in precept and practice God, help us not to love the world, the things of this world. Help us know, Lord, this world's passing away. There's a world to come. Lord, where sin will no longer be. But Lord, I tell you, I pray to help us, God, to get a hold of this thing. Because, Lord, I know that you called the people out under yourself and under your name. And I think, Lord, of how jealous and grieving it must be for those who profess your name to flirt with the world, to follow the world. God, forgive us. I pray that you'd help me to be an example to the flock and to not be of the world. Lord, you know I was so full of the world when you saved me. It's taken you years, years and years of work to get the world out of my system. And I just pray, Lord, that you'll continue to deal with me and not let me get by. But I pray more than anything, Lord, that you'll give me a love for you. Lord, where I wouldn't even want to mess with them. God, help us. We need help. Bless these families, these parents. God, help them to have a home to where children can see that they love the Lord more than they love this world. And I want to thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen.